So what's a punt? What exactly is punting in baseball since, you know, it's not part of baseball? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or football. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Steelers where you found this with Ben Charrington having signed not one, not two, not three, but arguably four players to rotate through first base and or designated hitter, I've gotten more than a little bit of feedback, whether it's on social media or in direct lines of communication related to this show, that, hey, man, you said they were going to punt. You said that 2023 was a punt year. Let me bring up a couple of points related to that today. Number one, and this is the big one. If the Pirates were to not punt in 2023, and the sources who told me, without flinching, without hesitation, and most assuredly without apology that the team was not going to be taking any sort of aggressive stance toward winning in 2023 will have changed their minds, in which case it will be a really, really good thing. It'll be a lot more important than the fact that I shared that specific information with you three months ago. So once more, with gusto, it would be awesome. Number two. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, adding these players in whatever different form, I said signed earlier, but they were acquired in multiple ways. If those players amount to the equivalent of one major league first baseman, and that's possible given some platoon splits, particularly between Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi, again, Awesome. That'd be great. They would then have a first baseman. And maybe even in addition to that, once you factor in Miguel Andujar, a designated hitter. None of that amounts to anything particularly meaningful for the long-term future, but it's something toward 2023, which had been my original point and remains my point today. Three... If you think the cobbling together of a couple of players, two from the waiver wire, one of them 37 years old, and another one into his 30s, is the end of the punting discussion, we're not going to agree on that one. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street, from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. If anyone's new to following this franchise, and I can assure you that I'm not, let me share some information with you about fans of the Pirates. 
When they see the team make a move, any move, any move that's above the waiver wire claim level, they will get irrationally excited. Why? Because the Pirates did something. There will never be a day in this franchise's nearly 140-year history that will exemplify this better than that blessed afternoon when they sent away half their farm system to get Chris Archer. You know who you are, okay? You know who you are. I happened to be hosting a live radio show, old school terrestrial radio show in Pittsburgh as that happened, as that Major League Baseball trade deadline happened. And the response was just Giddy doesn't begin to do it. The Pirates were a player. When you turned on Major League Baseball's network and you saw these talking heads who couldn't find Pittsburgh on a map suddenly talking about nothing other than the Pirates, it was joy. We have arrived. We are it. Look, we even made a deal with the Rays. This is the greatest thing. There were a handful of people who knew the system well enough to know that sending Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boz to Tampa Bay was an epic, catastrophic, organizational, rattling mistake. But they weren't the ones who won out that day. It was everybody who was so crazy out of their minds that the Pirates were getting a real live established Major League pitcher. But more than that, everyone was talking about them. It was awesome. It was like the Pirates were back in the majors again. I'm going to repeat, I like the moves that have been made to date. I don't really get the Lewin Diaz one with Miami, but overall, I like the way first base slash DH was addressed. It is possible, really, to like the moves that have been made so far and to believe that the Pirates are going to punt on 2023. Why? Because, as I said yesterday, these moves were just a start. This team lost 100 games this past season. This team lost 101 games last season. They are not a couple of minor moves, and that's what these were for most teams. They are not a couple of minor moves away from competing let alone contending for anything, let alone even in the Pirates-specific context, just supporting the kids that they have. As I've been saying all along, let's see a first baseman, a real first baseman. I think maybe they've got a chance at having that. Let's see a DH. Not feeling nearly as good about that, but it's certainly possible. Let's see a catcher to come in and hold space for Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez. I believe that's going to happen. I believe that's going to be Roberto Perez. I'll be okay with that when it happens. But you know and I know what the real separator here is. Are they going to add pitching? Are they going to add a lot of pitching? Are they going to add significant pitching? I wouldn't want to block the young guys from the rotation, and they do have four of them that I like, that I'd like to see out there, Every fifth day. But you need a lot of pitching to compete. 
And it's not just a lot of Cody Ponce. You need to get yourself at least one bona fide, legitimate big league arm. My preference would be Jose Quintana, but Jose did a pretty fine job of spiking his price over the summer. My preference would also be to see some real live competition in the bullpen. I have no issue with David Bednar and Yeri De Los Santos being in the back, but let's see some real live arms in the middle. Pay up for them. They don't cost much. Let's be patient here. When we come back, J1Q. from Stewart, who asks, is the baseball season too long? Baseball should not be played in November. I can see why Derek Shelton and Don Kelly currently and successfully make the point that guys should have regular days off. After all, we've been plagued by Sunday lineups for decades. A better answer, I think, would be to return to a 154-game season. That would give regulars eight days off over the present situation. Stewart, I couldn't agree more strongly with you on absolutely every single point that you made. And anybody who knows me knows that's pretty rare. But for anybody who missed yesterday's episode, Stewart's referring to a a point that I raised, a general one, about mitigating the time that's spent on the field by your main guys and why the Pirates really aren't as much in that discussion or I should say, shouldn't be in that discussion as often as they are because they don't have that many guys that you'd bother doing that with. You've got, you mentioned Reynolds, you've got Kibrian Hayes, and, you know, O'Neill Cruz. You don't, you don't have a ton of guys where you'd say, wow, we really got to be careful with their time management because most of them just aren't that good. And they're not that established. There's probably a friendlier way to say that. But to your point, yes, everything Everything about modern baseball, everything, everything, everything would be better with a 154-game season, and no one would even be able to complain about traditional this or that since, as you correctly point out, 154 was the predecessor to 162. Would you have some, I don't know, records that would be affected? Sure, but that happens in sports. If so-and-so like an Aaron Judge, needs 162 games to achieve some sort of milestone, guess what the real convenient comeback is from the Roger Maris family, (laughs) right? Roger didn't have 162. So those things tend to balance themselves out. Now, I say everything, and what I really mean when I say that is everything except money. And you still have a lot of teams that don't make the playoffs, that don't gain any additional revenue, and for them to give up eight home games, in most cases, would be a pretty big loss. Not in all cases, but in most. In Pittsburgh, it obviously wouldn't mean much at all. Uh, With the way attendance is, with the way ancillary revenues are related to attendance, uh, not just tickets, but everything else, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. 
But if you're the Dodgers, well, never mind the Dodgers. <laughs> they make a ton of money as it is without even opening a door there. But you're not going to see it. And, you know, honestly, Stuart, there's probably not that much point in taking it a lot further because it's just not going to happen. I, I, I agree with you. Baseball in November uh, is silly. It runs the risk of being embarrassing, depending on the circumstances that unfold. And it's just not great for the sport. You're taking it too deep into football. Uh, people have already kind of flipped the calendar, meaning the sporting calendar. It, it just stinks, and it's not going to change. It's just not. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.